Hi, my name's Sean Shaler. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. And we come to you on this day of the NBA play-in, because our weekend plans are pretty wild. So Chris is sacrificing some valuable Lakers time to be here with us to talk about Book Two Spirits, Chapter 12, Harmonic Convergence of The Legend of Korra. Hopefully an improvement over the last episode. That's a pretty low bar. But before we talk about the episode, of course, Chris, how are you doing this week? Yeah, you had a birthday this week, I think. Uh, yeah, my birthday was yesterday as of this recording. It was a fine birthday or whatever. Like, birthdays are fairly meaningless after you turn 21. It's all the same stuff. Honestly, I lose track of how old I am all the time. Like, I'm always right, give or take a year. But growing up, my dad, anytime it was his birthday, you know, we'll give him presents and whatnot. He'd be like, yeah, just another day. I'm like, no, it's not, Dad. It's your birthday. And then growing up, you're like, yeah. So oh, crappy. It's another right. day. I like the big ones. I like the fives and tens. Um, something about a decade when you look back to the previous decade and be like, oh, crap. That's a long decade. Yeah. So I like the fives and tens. But other than that, I get it. 33 feels more memorable only in the sense that I like I knew I'm 33. Like Sometimes when I was 32, I was like, wait, I'm 32. I use my like, wife. Was a question mark. Uh, I always know how old my wife is. And then I like, I mean, obviously we're talking about milliseconds in my head, but I don't remember how old I am. I remember how old my wife is. And then I subtract. Mm. Um, I don't know why it's easier that way. I think her brain, like her just sticks in my head more. But, my wife is uh, three years and four days older than me. So there are four days in the year that she's four years older than me. Heather, <laughs> Heather is be, uh, 12 and a half months older I'm sorry, 13 and a half. So there's one and a half months yeah. where I get to relish in two years of extra youth. <laughs> and that's the year when my wife is in her, uh, let's see, next year when my wife is, when she turns 37, she'll be in her late 30s while I'll still be in my early 30s. For Mid-30s days. is 34, 35, 36? Is that the... Yeah. Okay. I think so. That, no, that makes so I'll be, perfect I'll still be 33. So yeah. So that's just... Uh, I'm young 30. She's old 30. Don't say that out loud, probably. Nah, say it out loud. <laughs> no, on the podcast, because I know she don't listen, but don't say it out loud here or, or in your sorry, or in your house, I mean. Um no, I like the fives and zeros, but other than that, I I side with your dad. Like I don't take off work for my birthday or anything like that. Like it's it really is just another day. Maybe if it falls on a weekend it's more exciting to me. I don't know. I'll have to test that theory sometime. Uh any new videos coming out you need to talk about? Nope. I have, work on them, but I have a new one maybe maybe next. I'm gonna take this week off because pretty pretty crazy, but I think I'll have another one out next week. So, um, well, hey, let's let's not delay. Let's get into the episode and then get back to watching the the Lakers who are maybe gonna win slash lose question mark. <laughs> hey, last <laughs> I didn't watch uh, I didn't watch the whole uh, the whole game yesterday because I had to put it up, uh, but. Uh, as a, I'm not a Celtics fan, but I'm a Brad Stevens fan. I think he's a genius, um, and so I was really happy. Celtics played great, and they won last night. So that's exciting to me. Um, but enough about professional sports. We've got, <laughs> we've got our favorite show to talk about. Uh, there we go. I can click on buttons. Chris, take us through the episode. All right, so Janora is. <laughs> I can't see the thing. Um, 
Junora is uh, has been locked in the her spirit's been kinda lost away in the spirit world and um and they take her back to Katara, which is nice to see Katara being having such a an impact on the Southern Water Tribe, she's doing all the healing and stuff. I would love to see more of that. Um just love to see more of Katara in general, especially this kind of age of Katara. Um and uh and um yeah and Katara has to heal Janora. Can you can you go back to the I can't see the screen, John. <laughs> Um, he's uh, laughing because I pulled okay. up a tab that had uh, statistics on it. Very advanced <laughs> um, statistics. Anyway, you know we're stuck in the spirit world. Long story short, and they need to. Uh, oh, there's a whole thing about Mako trying to tell Cora that they broke up, uh, and then Bolin is like, "Oh, well, once someone told me that you just got it's like a bandage, you got to rip it off," which reminds me that. This season feels really long. Like I don't think we've had that many, you know, one-off episodes. <laughs> but for some reason, it feels like this season is really long. It seems like that was a long time ago that Bolin first started dating Eska, and he was trying to break up with her. I don't know why, but it feels. I a think long time the romantic, uh, the romantic dramedies uh, part of the season probably contribute to that. Like it feels like a long time ago and there's a lot of back and forth and childish high school nonsense. Yeah. And I mean, this season is the longest season clock in at 14 episodes compared to the rest, which are they're like 12 and 13, but uh, yeah, but still it does. No, I'm with you. I think it, <laughs> I think it's just less interesting. So it feels longer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it doesn't, true. it doesn't, it doesn't move at a quick pace. Like season three, I feel like moves at a quick pace. I can't believe how fast season three hit. I was like, I was done with the whole season before I knew it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they need to attack the northern troops that are in the southern. Um, they're in the guarding the southern spirit portal, and uh, Boomy has all these ideas, and Tenzin is tired. There's a really good scene of like Boomy going off kind of on a tangent, talking about <laughs> something he did in the past. The camera at first is on like Kaya, Boomy, and Tenzin. And then it's just Tenzin's face. And his face is getting like more, it starts zooming in on his face, it's getting more and more. Uh... <laughs> At, like agitated and annoyed. Yes, yeah, agitated crap, and yeah. annoyed. Yeah. And then eventually just snaps like, we don't have time for your. <laughs> for your but stupid stories. At the beginning of this episode, do, is the uh, is the fog of lost souls? Is that this episode or is that the next episode? No, that's the next episode. Next one when they go in after. Okay, my bad. Yep. Um. So <laughs> they all get captured, which was a pretty good scene. Um, there was a great scene where they're flying on the plane. Asami's driving it. Mako and Bolin are. Uh, kind of on the wings bending and stuff and uh there's some pretty good action there like very good like reminds me of i feel like the film pearl harbor a little bit um just you know the aerial aerial attacks uh, not to diminish the actual pearl harbor that happened but just theatrically aesthetic wise the, yeah, the cinematic parallels not <laughs> yes um there's uh, there's there's a couple of moderately intense action scenes in this episode. Yeah. Actually. Oh, sorry. 
Yawn, yawn. <laughs> um, and then they get stopped. Somehow just, you know, spears weighing them down, things like that. Uh, then they all get captured, but Boomy uh, got left off beforehand, and then he befriends a, a dark spirit by playing a flute, and then Naga comes, and then like, all right, we can gotta go rescue the troops. And then Boomy somehow inadvertently rescued everybody, which I'm conflicted on this, kind of the same way with Varys. Like, I kind of want, like, Boomy, he is a very high-ranking like member of the army, he he must be very competent. It can't just all be luck. Um, Maybe he has an innate ability to like understand odds and probabilities, but without even knowing it, right? Like he gets lucky by nature of having this secretly profound understanding of out uh, outcome likelihood yeah. and things like that. I, I do love just how much he's a lot like Aang in, in the sense that he is. Uh, He's very, um, very, you know, I don't know, glass half full, very optimistic. Um, trust, you know, he thinks of different ways to do stuff. Fun Red violence first, isn't his. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, fun first. He's what Aang, as an adult, probably would have been if it wasn't for the weight of the world on his shoulders. And it's what Aang was as a child. And, and Tenzin was the complete opposite of that because Tenzin had the weight of a whole entire nation. Yeah on his shoulders. So it's it interesting to see that uh, divergence of Aang's character down into his, his kids. I don't like, uh, and you'll probably hear me complain about it, honestly, more next season for as much as I like next season, probably more about it then. I don't really like plot conveniences and sometimes I feel like Boomy exists in his sort of random, unpredictable way just to kind of be a plot convenience from time to time and this is probably one of the bigger uh, offenders. <laughs> Sorry, I turned to the game. Back to the game. Bronze wide open for a three. Why didn't you take? Three? Probably because he'd been missing them all game. They've been closing yeah, out on him oh. up until this. I didn't see it because now I just got the box score up. But I'm telling you, they were they were Baysmore and uh, Wiggins were closing out <laughs> on him really really well in the for him and AD. Uh, um Okay, then uh, no, no, I think you're right, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> About that thing you said. About that. Thing I said. About that. It was, about a, that it was a pretty show, big avatar. Uh, it was a pretty major complaint. So next time it comes up, I'll be like, "No, you already agreed. It's over." <laughs> um, if, you, if you just yeah, that was your opportunity to say like probably the most I don't know damning thing about. No, I just <laughs> I just said that I don't like plot conveniences, and I think it'll come up actually more in season three or uh, excuse me, book three than it does in book two. But Boomy as a character. Uh, in the random uh, way I that he does and stuff, uh, they kind of use that as a plot convenience from time to time. And this is one of those times where it's like, hey, we got Boomy that's kind of a wild card <laughs> that we can shape and make work. Yeah. Um, and that it's like, it's I, fine. Yeah. Like, and, and because he was high ranking in, in the army, him being able to take out a whole kind of infantry isn't unrealistic nah. it just i just wouldn't imagine that would be the way that's like in I my guess. mind that's why it's a that's why i would say like plot convenience versus plot hole right it's yeah plot hole if it's just pure dumb luck but it is here I, it's convenience like it you can make it make sense and it's okay it just yeah all right so then uh they try to convince 
Oh, um, Unalog has, he, he says his master plan. He monologues to, like to Korra. Like a I think it's fine. He doesn't it get distracted by it. It actually doesn't hurt him at all, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he tells Korra, like, you know, I'm going to become... She's she pretty much like, it doesn't matter if you free Vach, I'm going to lock him up anyway, just like Juan did. And he's like... And I like this, I don't know, this little exchange back and forth. Unalog's like, you're right. When Warvla fused with Juan, she tipped the balance, tipped scales in favor of, of, of Rava. But when Vatu is free, I will fuse with him and become a new avatar, a dark avatar. Now, some people are like, all right, there's a little bit too on the nose there. Uh, <laughs> Unalog, you have to call yourself the dark avatar. But I'm fine with it because Vatu is the, the embodiment of darkness and chaos. She already said the dark avatar is fine. Because now... We get to be oh, chorus the light avatar. I like I don't know, I like this dueling mythology, mm. I guess. No, I agree. I think the, the the naming it's almost like he's like he's throwing shade at it when he says that, but it it still yeah. makes sense. It'd be like a Batman then... <laughs> villain coming out and being Oh, well, it's not like Man Bat did it on purpose, but <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not um Oh, and then you know, his his brother is trying to reach him. Tanarok's like, you'll be a monster. And then he's like, I won't be more of a monster than your own daughter. Like, it's almost like, like he's he's right. He You know, and technically speaking, it's the same thing. You're fusing with a, an almighty spirit, and she's fused with an almighty spirit. But then he was like, but unlike her, who can barely tap into her spiritual powers, I will be at full, full, you know, power to do so. It, uh, I mean, he he has a point, but it's like, all right, you're choosing to be an asshole. <laughs> she was yeah. just born. <laughs> but what? I, yeah. I get it. I get what he's saying. Uh, which I find, I, I don't, I don't even know. I find it's a interesting conversation that the avatar is almost mm. the perfect fusion, the light avatar, because. They never lose their humanity, right? The humanity is what makes them them. Um, and it's not like Rava's like super fond of humans at the start either. It's not like she's like, "Hey, yeah. I've got a great idea." I mean, I don't know. I like that balance, kind of. Yeah, it's a uh, really interesting. In that little attend whatever game online game was, and Aang's talking to Yang Chen. More people talk to Yang Chen. I mean, they can't now, but Yang Chen is Yang Chen is the perfect avatar. We should do a ranking of avatar guides. Uh, <laughs> That's okay, yeah. Uh, but thing. we don't have that much information on. We pretty much only have information on Yang Chen, Korok. We've done Aang. mother's ranking videos on less info. Sure. Like we're probably <laughs> fine. <laughs> but, um, but Yang Chen uh, says to Aang, Aang, Aang's asking like. Why isn't the Avatar like some almighty spirit, you know, rather than the human? And Yang Chen is like, well, the humanity is what makes you care about people and stuff. If an almighty spirit just came down and was like smiting people left and right, like they wouldn't know really why or not. And like, and it wouldn't feel just in a certain sense. But I just think that that dichotomy between. Um, the dark avatar and him losing his humanity because when he when he fuses with Vatu, 
later on, like he becomes, he does become monstrous, but for some reason that light or that humanity in, and now that I think about it, it probably comes down to that person. Uh, probably comes down to that humanity that Juan had that he didn't become in his, some almighty, smiting, powerful spirit. And that, you know, soul and humanity has been passed down to lifetime after lifetime. While Unalak is like, screw humanity. He's not even thinking about humanity at all. He's, like, I'm He's pretty much all. had himself above humanity for presumably a few decades yeah. at this point. Um, yeah. So yeah, like a voluntary uh, willpower of the beholder or something like that. I'd, I'd buy that. Yep. Uh, so anyway, he goes off uh, getting getting ready for harmonic convergence and uh, Boomy saves him and then they have a plan. Um, Boomy, Kaya, and Tenzin are going to spirit work look for Janora. They go physically and then um, Cora and Michael and Bolin are going to try and, and seal the portals. Cora's going to seal it while Michael and Bolin distracts uh, pretty much Unalak. And the plan is pretty much working really well. I really like this fight between um, Unalak and Michael and Bolin. It really shows just how great of a bender Unalak is. That he can hold off two really good benders. Um, also, I, I love seeing the teamwork dynamic between uh, Bolin and, and Mako. Um, I don't remember all the things about the fight that well, other than uh, maybe being a little surprised. I'm always surprised at like how much bending ability they give some of these uh these um, older older folks who yeah. like water bending's not been this guy's top priority for the past twenty years or what have you. I don't know. It seems a little like two young athletes and pro benders who know peak middle bending or, well, I guess he doesn't know middle bending yet, does he? Who know peak bending techniques versus old man who cares more about spirits. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. know. It's fine. Though. I get that he's a scary bad guy. Uh, so then Cora uh, is a uh... It's like not that much happens up because we're almost done talking about um Cora gets to the she tries to seal it all up, but harmonic convergence is upon them and it's happening and all the planets align, which I think is really cool animation, especially when harmonic convergence happens, like just this purple glow encompasses all of the world. I think that looks uh really cool. And then Vatu is freed. Excellent. Um, I will say these last, I'm going to say the last three episodes all kind of run together in in sort of a finale feeling. They're really not tied together that way, but they certainly, uh, I'm certain I'll screw them up over the course of reviewing all three. Oh, go away, Cortana. I don't care about you. Okay. Um, all right, let's get to the ratings. All right. My, wait a minute. Is my thing even... Which one am I? Okay, never mind. I think I'm, we're fine. I was looking at the wrong bar, but usually my bar is on the top. No one can see this. Sorry. I uh, no, going. I had to. Uh, I did change <laughs> some things around because I was having some camera issues and whatnot last week, so I finagled. Ah, got it. Okay, I see my green light going. Anyway, sorry, folks. <laughs> I thought we. I thought that little since we've been recording, maybe I haven't been recorded. Anyway, I no, I definitely changed some things. <laughs> it probably got an eight and a half, but. Uh, you know, I'm fine with eight. I really like the 
the the the fight from the plane. Um, really like the the Michael Bolin versus Unalak fight. Um, like I said, oh, there's also a good scene of Korra going into Avatar State and like pushing back all these spirits. Um, yeah, so pretty solid there, audio visual wise. So it gets an eight. Story gets seven and a half. This feels like some one of those kind of go between kind of kind of episodes. Um, it's more impactful towards the end there, but it feels. Oh, you knew we were going to get to this conclusion, I guess. You knew that harmonic convergence was going to happen. Uh, so we got there. Memorable. Uh, seven and a half also. Oh, yeah, nothing that much stands out in this episode. Uh, again, it's a, it's kind of a go-between episode. So that brings us out to in 7.6 out of 10. I'm surprised. It's one of the bigger discrepancies we've had in, in ratings in a bit. Um, and it's mostly the audiovisual. Chris, I gave this one a ton Ooh, of credit. Uh, wow, there's nice. lots, there's lots of dynamic music. Uh, when you get to the Tree of Time mm. at the end, when they get to the Spirit World, there's a lot of uh, uh, dynamic music changes. The two big fight scenes are really cool. Harmonic convergence is really cool. A um, lot of very intriguing things audiovisually happen here, and I would consider them uh, very good things. So I really liked this one in that sense. Uh, story, we were pretty close. Um, you know, I'm not, not a huge fan, but at least there's really big payoff here. Like it's very, uh, very exciting, uh, toward the end when I don't know, like you're, it's, it's a good enough cliffhanger. I think when you're kind of waiting to see what happens for the next episode, I think it does a really good job of that. Even if I'm still not too thrilled overall about the entire story arc, uh, you know, it's fine here. And then memorable, though, I gave it a really high memorable, too. Oh, wow, we are off on this. Yeah, that's a a big discrepancy. Surprising. I figured you would like this one a little more, maybe not a ton. Um, But uh, the memorable things here, again, mostly just having the harmonic convergence payoff um, is is a massive part of it. And it really does, to me, it always feels like we're in sort of a build-up to a finale here. Like, it really feels like this could be episode one of a three-part finale. And so I know that I will have trouble distinguishing them. Um, but I, I don't know. I always, uh, as I was watching through this episode, I guess what stuck out to me is that it was very familiar, even mm. though I had only seen it the one time before it stuck out in my head as very integral and very well put together. So yeah, I was actually a big fan of this episode, uh, surprisingly. So 8.7 and that brought us to an 8.2 overall, which, you know, okay. Little divisive, but I suppose eight point two overall <laughs> makes makes enough sense. Yeah, that's. I am surprised. I'm I'm a little surprised you didn't give audiovisual more credit, but such is life. Um, <laughs> you're always such so good at picking up music, and when we went into when we went into Cora, I made a sort of a dedicated effort to pay more attention. Um, yeah. It's something I don't pay enough attention to. Uh, and little other audiovisual details is probably my greatest. Uh, growth part as I try to pay attention to and critique these things and I really thought this episode was was very good in that department. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm sorry for this next episode. I I don't think I'll be as harsh on that. It's always different when you, whenever I don't even know like, that you're like, harsh kind of, today, right? It just felt like middling, but I don't know. If no, no, it was, it was more middle. Like, I, I like the episode. Um, it's not like the thousand city, uh, night of a thousand stars where I pretty much didn't didn't like it if you take comedy <laughs> if you take comedy out of night of a thousand stars or like or like a couple of very tiny novel ideas you literally you, you got nothing a couple of novel charming 
charming novelties. That's what I was trying to say. There's nothing. Mm. This one, at least, there's uh, some some narrative substance and a real big a real big exciting ending. I think. So yeah, eight point two makes sense. Uh, that being said, we got two episodes left in this season. I won't say that they get better because I don't want to give anything away, but I would say that they get bigger. Things get crazy. So yeah. I'm pretty excited to talk about them. Um, in the meantime, uh, I think Chris will agree with me when I said we're not going to linger here any longer than 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 we need to because we're going to catch the Chris. You, it's not that I'm the hugest NBA fan in the world. I'm a big basketball fan. Could you have picked a more interesting play-in game? Like uh, it all? No, this could is you? the. This is is the best playing game you could ask for. (laughs) And I mean in a literal way. Like, the only other thing I could think of is if Kawhi and Paul had missed so much time that they had been the 7-8, like an LA 7-8 between two of the best teams. That, to me, is like the only scenario I could think of that would have been more interesting is like the Clips falling all the way down to a 7-8 with some (laughs) Kawhi-Paul, and then they come back at the end of the season or whatever. I, this, I was really hoping the, this is the uh, second best scenario. <laughs> Danny Steph Curry is too good. He uh, is. He's I was really, <laughs> I was really hoping that uh, the Wizards would play the Nets in the in the first round. But that can't happen now, just because of of, of Westbrook and and the history with him and Harden and KD. Like he would just have so much to. I think the fight about. I think that would have been an incredible series, and I think maybe they would have had a slightly better chance than the uh, than the Celtics. Especially, I saw yeah. Robert Williams went down. I didn't check to see if he's coming back, but I think they would have had a slightly better chance against the Nets. Uh, but like I said, as a, as a, I'm a Brad Stevens uh, fan, and you know, I really like Kimball Walker too. Like that's a guy that needs some love. Um, so I was, you know, I'm still rooting for the Celtics, but whatever. Uh, this game over here, I don't think you could ask for a better playing game. That being said, end of the third quarter, this lined up pretty nice. We're going to get out of here, go watch the rest of the game. Uh, you all come back and hang out with us next week, and we will talk about chapter, uh, I can't even speak, Book Two Spirits, <laughs> Chapter 13. I don't remember the title. I'm sure it's a lovely title. In the meantime, we are Avatar of the Last Podcasters. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. I'm Sean Shaler. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at last underscore podcasters or facebook.com slash last pod wait slash avatar the last podcasters. I got to focus. I'm trying to get out of here fast. It's making it worse. And thanks for watching. We really appreciate it. Go enjoy some some triple A NBA play in action. Chris, I'll see you next week, buddy.